If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello. Hi, beautiful people out there. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Tane. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. The weather's getting warmer and it's really nice. I appreciate it. Yeah, can pick up on my walks. I enjoy just walking, putting headphones on, and enjoying the weather. For the first time in my life, I have patio furniture. And as I was, like, wiping down the patio furniture for, like, what felt like the fifth time in, like, three days, I was like, this is why the below-deck people are constantly wiping things down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're, like, a lot of dust. So you're adulting, adulting, huh? I am, but I'm just like, this is why... I'm like, why am I wiping this table off of pollen for the... The outside is dirty. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) The highlight of my week was our apartment complex got us like a frozen yogurt truck. And I (sighs) ran down like a kid just to go get some. Because, again, I I, I should stop saying this, but work has been kicking my ass, my day job. So it was just my nice... It was like getting a drink like Virginia, but frozen yogurt at the end of the day. (laughs) I'm super jealous. You couldn't call me over to say the frozen truck for the frozen Bro. yogurt truck. I would have no. <laughs> you probably had a frozen yogurt location closer to you. <laughs> yeah, but it was funny because there was also a line, and then everyone came out with their dogs. Your girl was in terror internally. I was making faces. I was ready to yelp, but yeah, it was worth it in the end. Now that you said frozen yogurt, I want some Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream. So I'm going to go do that. Jenny's is the truth, yo. <laughs> never had it? Go try it. It's Jenny with an I, so J-E-N-I. Go try it. It is $12 for a pint of ice cream. And I just hand over my money <laughs> like I'm rich. 
I was gonna mention it and I was like, nah, let them find out the way I did. Because I had it, I had it at a friend's um place and I was like, oh, I have to get this. And I went over there and I looked at it. I was like, is there a mistake here? What? At Whole Foods, it's like eight or ten dollars, but they don't have as many flavors. If you go straight to the Jenny's store, it is twelve dollars a pint, and they have all the flavors. Oh, you guys! I was complaining about the I was complaining about the Whole Foods price. So. <laughs> okay, we got to bring it back around to like Married at First Sight. Remember that? Um, what's going on, Tane? What's going on with these people from Married at First Sight who are may or may not be eating ice cream like we are? <laughs> well, some stuff was going down this week, most notably with Shawnice and Jeff Thief. I'm not quite sure what was going on, but Shawnice started posting on social media um, on her story, her Instagram story, saying, like, this is not what she planned, but looks like. I'm not saying it verbatim. I don't remember. But it was just cryptic messages that seemed to allude to a breakup. And then, you know, Jeffy also had, like, a Drake song talking about, you know, being, like, a single dad and stuff like that. It was all cryptic, which he took down. And then, you know, she was talking some more on her Twitter and saying things like she knows it's her fault, that she has to work on herself, and, you know, she's saying she's taking responsibility. And it was just really weird. But... Like Aid said, because she texted me first, and we're going back and forth about it. She's like, well, we don't know if it's permanent or if this is just a hiccup. So who knows if it's permanent or not? All these hiccups leading me to believe that one day it will be permanent. We thought that we were in a good place. I know. I was like, I thought we were in a good place. But you guys, like, those two are, are kind of predictable. Yeah. She'll be posting I love Jeffy things uh, maybe in three to six months. Three to six months after that, more vague posting. It's really actually very immature. Yeah. Like, I just think what drives someone to a point where something is happening to you and you feel the first place you go tell is social media? I just, I don't know. I don't get it. But I wish them well because I think baby Laura is so cute. So, you know, whatever happens, as long as they both love her. So, pass the gal. Hinting that something is coming, and I just don't understand how these experts have time to do anything else because a match is already coming. And unless he met his regular day job, I don't even know. Do you think they still do their day jobs? No, I assume being a TV personality is their full time job. Yeah. So, anyways, John and Dr. Jessica from Boston are still waxing strong. I was just going through their stories, and who knew that Dr. Jessica is actually good friends with? Rachel, if you remember, she replaced Rachel, Rachel D'Alto. She was an expert, and she gave, like, a whole post, a whole shout-out, strong woman, raising women. It was kind of cute. And they could pass as sisters, actually. Oh, I did. Okay. All right. (laughs) And then the funny part is, as we all know, now we're down to two episodes, correct, Aid? Two episodes left? They said three episodes left, and I don't know if that included last night's episode. What do you think? That's what I didn't know. I didn't know if I, if it was two left or if there's three left. We'll find out either way. But um, Chris, who is not on the show anymore, woohoo, put it up on his story. Three three episodes left, and he's like, "Thank God." <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing on social media is that you know I did mention at some point that Mindy um, from DC season it was in Mexico. I didn't realize that she moved to Mexico. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, like she's oh, gonna. Oh, was I supposed to, to tell you? Because <laughs> I thought you do. <laughs> I was like, she's been in Mexico for a long time. That is one long vacation. And so I just did like a deep dive, went back forward, and saw some people asking her. And she was like, she just moved. She's teaching ESL um, for part time. And she hopes to be there for now till summer. If she likes it, then she'll just settle there. But yeah, because someone asked if she's teaching ice skating over there. I have to chuckle because I was like, in Mexico? I mean, the weather is not conducive to skating. And she's like, no. And that's exactly what she said. That there's not that much, you know, that much of a market for it here. But yeah, she's teaching ESL and she's finding her peace. And I think she alluded to breaking up with the guy she was referring to in um couples camp that she said things are going so well because someone was like you look so happy you find your peace like you know you find someone deserving so i don't know and i don't think she would move without him right if he was here i will have you know <laughs> that i believe a male figure skater from mexico qualified a spot to the olympics at world championships figure skating a couple weeks ago <laughs> no not <laughs> it doesn't happen i think that that's great i just think like she was saying it, there's not much of a yeah it's like, not a traditional sport in mexico no yeah <laughs> but, but when i have problems like that i have to share them with the people <laughs> <laughs> no that's true i mean good for him i mean you just pick up a sport it was like hey eh, there's not a lot of people doing that here so might as well but again you know i don't know if i'm wrong but she just said she wasn't doing it. Maybe for all we know, there might be a section where there's fake ice and fake snow and they just train there. So I don't know. Um, for couples cam, this was the season finale. I don't know what these people are doing, <laughs> but just FYI, it will be coming back in June and it's going to be back with whatever couples survive this season. I, I just, you know, if we have Eric and Virginia on couples camp, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to show us on there. But, um, yeah, so June, and I'm hoping they catch up with the timeline. Because, again, the problem with watching couples camp is like we're watching it, but we already know what happened. Greg and Deanna tell us their gender. We could tell you what it is. So it's not, you know, I mean, she's had her baby. But you know there's a whole world of people who are not like us. They literally just watch this stuff on TV. They, they don't follow them on the socials. Well, even if they're not on the socials, they all have the people exclusive and it's everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, I get you. But um, speaking of Jeffy and Shawnice, they were on there discussing kids and how Jeffy wants to have four to five kids. And Shawnice is suggesting they renew their vows for their five-year mark. It was just weird watching this, knowing what has occurred. And Shawnice has a pregnancy scare, does a pregnancy test. And of course, it's negative, And that was their story. Steph and AJ, um, they're still in Philly at this point, telling us that, you know, they have Wednesday date nights and they fill up a mission jar of activities, which I think is a fun idea. Just putting post-its and putting it in. And their thing was to write poems to each other. But I don't know if it's just me, but AJ is definitely looking cuter post-show. Looking mm. like a really nice looking guy. You but, said yeah. writing poems to each other. And I swear I heard writing pornos to each other. I'm ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, either works, I guess. You write it, act it out. But um, yeah, so it was really cute. And, you know, again, I've always said they're one of the best matches on there. And I'm just happy that AJ has someone to have dinner with. So 
<laughs> Jamie and Doug. Um, Doug has to take care of the kids because Jamie has to go to LA for work, aka unfiltered. And Doug tells Jamie that you know he didn't realize that when she was away that she he wasn't spending as much time with the kids and he's missing out on them growing up and he's thinking about being a stay-at-home dad. So I guess that's how he became a stay-at-home dad. Is Jamie still a nurse? She's not, right? No. <laughs> She's given that up a long time ago. So yeah. Miles and Karen, nothing much. They're preparing for a hurricane and Miles mentioned that it's his first because he's not from New Orleans. Do we know where Miles is from? No idea. And the thing about someone saying, this is my first hurricane, that rules out, like, all of the neighboring states. (laughs) You know, like, okay, so you're not from Alabama, Mississippi, like, (laughs) you're not from anywhere near New Orleans, because the whole Gulf Coast is just hurricane central. Yeah, that's what's very interesting. I was like, did we know that? But yeah, he said he's grateful to have Karen the whole year and all that, but they're a very attractive couple. They really look good together. Um, This is the episode where Bobby and Danielle have their baby... Um, I mentioned earlier that Deanna and Greg uh, let us know their gender, and Deanna really wanted a girl. And Jessica and Austin, still the same thing. They're still moving, but they're finally moved into their house. And that was all on Couples Cam. Can you tell the people about Unfiltered Aid? Unfiltered, it was a decent episode. It was Clara, Haley, and Pastor Cal. I realized that I'm the one who always does this, but Clara's dress was too short. (laughs) It was like a baby doll. It was too short. Um, they were all wearing blue. Um, I think Haley's was a romper and honestly it didn't fall on a chair very nicely. I have a feeling it looked really good on her when she was standing, but when she was sitting, it just kind of puffed up in weird places. I apologize Uh to all of you for the fashion commentary if you were not interested, but these are the things (laughs) that distracted me when I was watching the three of them. So like both Clara and Haley were in like a light blue and then Pastor Cal was in like a deep blue. And I was like, oh, we have a blue theme going. On to the actual substance of what they said. They played the clip of Virginia talking about, you know, being scared to have kids, changes to her body. Last week, I was all about, they're scared of dying. And Clara was like, oh, no. Uh, she didn't say, oh, no. But she was like, oh, the fear is based on, like, figures and looks. Because, you know, in this society, we're all judged on how we look. And so it's a lot to think about having a baby and losing your figure. I was like, I thought you guys were talking about death. I didn't know you were talking about body image. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> for Brianna, definitely. I think that's what it was, but I sound mean <laughs> thinking that. Clara agrees that kids are a deal breaker thing in a relationship, but neither of them is wrong. But Virginia has the right to not want kids tomorrow. That's her just standing up for her girl a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pastor Cal says Eric needs to have more understanding and less ultimatums. You can express the importance of wanting a thing, but you can't always threaten a divorce. Yeah. Sometimes on Unfiltered, I'm just like, they just say the same things you and I say. <laughs> Clara had a lot of like, like Ryan is really rubbing off on Clara. Because a lot of her <laughs> answers were politician talking, very Ryan-y is the best way to describe them. Because they show the clip of Ryan talking to Dr. Pepper and Clara's all like, oh, I love that Ryan is saying he should ask me more. You know, we are just, we always think of each other and we're both worried about how the other one thinks and we're always looking, like, looking to ways to dive deeper about our communication. And we're just like, okay, yeah. all right. So that just means they're together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes. Haley really puts up a defense of herself 
This is how you can kind of tell that Unfiltered, to me, you have to be able to tell that Unfiltered is filmed after they start getting hate on social media. Because they're, <laughs> as the longer Unfiltered goes on, the more their answers seem to be geared towards the criticism that they're receiving online. Yeah. So Haley, I think, is seeing that people sometimes aren't very, like, people are, are thinking things are her fault, and she just wants them to all know that it's not just her fault. So she says, you know, things happen that shouldn't have happened with her and him. She's like, for instance, he told her his love language was physical touch. And in that conversation, he never asked her what hers was. And she had to bring it up weeks later and be like, sorry, that's not it for me. And I'm like, okay, so if you're in a conversation with someone and you're upset that they didn't bring something up, wouldn't you just bring it up? Like, why would you wait four weeks later to be like, you never asked me what my love language was, and I, you told me what yours was. Like, that's not <laughs> redemption, hun. It's someone new. She hates him. That's just the, <laughs> the summary of it all. So she kept it in her back pocket. I'm going to say you didn't ask me back. Then we move on to Clara, and she talks about how she's frustrated about in the moment, and she's allowed to be, and at the end of the day, is this something that will make her bar- marriage? No. Make or break her marriage? No. And she said, just because we haven't taken that final step doesn't mean they're not intimate. They're very into each other. And Pastor Cal says it's good that they can have intimacy outside of intercourse. Um, You're going to tell me that we addressed that scene because I'm already pissed off. That everyone's acting like only the audience saw that scene where she's ranting. They they kind of addressed that, that was part of the whole like conversation I think from before they I, they played that clip again so that Clara could respond to it. Oh okay okay yeah good. I think that's where the diva thing came from. Yeah, that's where the diva thing came from. Okay. Because Jamie was calling her out on that ten out of ten thing, and even when Jamie tried to be like, well, if it's ten out of ten, then why is all this? And Clara's like, no, no, it's a ten out of ten, considering where we are and how long we've been together. She defends that ten. So the clip of her ranting about him, her getting her him off? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Back to Haley. Haley's, you know, talking about Jake. She's like, if I don't initiate something, it will not be initiate. And then if I don't initiate a conversation, he will ignore me. He thinks that because he is showing up, then he's doing something, but he just keeps on pushing what he needs. And then they show where Jake said last week if she wanted it to work, it would work. And she says that is him blaming her and she doesn't think that's fair. She Um, complains again, like a lot of the pressure and a lot of the responsibility of engagement is on her. It's on you because you're the one who doesn't like him and keeps saying you want to (laughs) try. What the hell, Haley? They show this clip of Pastor Cal from the matchmaking special, I guess, going to Clara's house and she has jello shots in her fridge and she makes a joke about, I don't have any food, but I have jello shots for a party tonight. And Pastor Cal goes into this whole thing about how open and honest Clara is, which is very true somewhat. Clara kind of reminds me of Woody, where you, I, like, she and Ryan, I guess they are trying to hide things, but they're, Clara's a pretty open person. Like, these are the types yeah. of people that reality TV was made for. They're not trying, I don't think they're trying to be shady. I think Ryan tries to get Clara to be shady, but I don't think that's her true nature. No, it's not. Because the good thing about it is, like, she's also not, like, embarrassed about it. There's some people that are open, and then it comes with guilt. She's like, this is who I am, man. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think that's why we like her. <laughs> yeah, that's my girl. Uh, um, they show Chris. Because, of course, I mean, you guys, we didn't have any Chris and Paige in the actual episode, but we had to have them on Unfiltered. 
And everybody, you know, just looks so pissed off when they show the Chris scene with Pastor Cal. And everybody is, you know, Paige is beautiful on the inside and the outside. And he has no right to say this. And Pastor Cal is like, we, you know, we ask them about physical attributes. We go so far as to look at pictures of exes. We did our job. It's him. It's him. It's him. Jamie says, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the show, people may think that the experts just want people to stay together. And Pastor Cal is like, it's asinine that people would think that we would match people for drama. But that was different from what <laughs> Jamie was saying, so I was kind of confused. Like, But you guys do push for people to stay together no matter what. Whether you match people for drama is a separate issue, but that was the conversation. And that was kind of it for Unfiltered. Okay, so it was basically like a redemption tour for Haley, redemption <laughs> tour for Pastor Cal, and Clara being honest. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, so before we get into this week's episode, we just want to shout out some of our patrons because we love them. Uh, this week, we're shouting out Katrina, Obi, Grace, and Marion. Thank you so much for being our patrons. We love you guys. Let's get into it. Ah, gosh. Wait, we'll start. Abe, you, you have to tell the people how you felt about the episode, because you really... I, it may just be a contrast thing. I really hated last week's episode. <laughs> and this week, <laughs> I actually really liked the episode. I think part of it is that there was no Paige and Chris. I think that was a big part of it. The other part of it is, we will get to it, but particularly Haley and Jacob, I was just like, yeah, this is why I watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you guys know, Abe watches it before me, and then we text afterwards, and she's like, this is a really good episode. So I went in there at all, expecting to be like, and I was like, hey, it was just all right for me. It was just, eh. But Abe really liked the episode, so hey, something for everyone I do feel the reason I will get when we get to Haley and Jacob, I will tell all of you exactly why I love this episode. <laughs> okay. I'm just in stealth mode. I'm just countdown three, two, one, and then D Day. And let's <laughs> let's just go because I, I feel exhausted. <laughs> I understand. I understand. All right. All right. So we start with Virginia and Eric. They are meeting at Eric's parents' house, but his parents are not home. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just like but why are they meeting okay so then we find out they're meeting at the house to go over things that are important to him and that's kind of a theme of the episode is everybody's taking a trip down memory lane to learn more about their spouses I really enjoyed that um, so Eric pulls out his his ribbons his military ribbons I was confused because they blurred out his ribbons <laughs> yeah they did that is not like top secret information. You wear it literally on your chest. <laughs> in public. Come on, Abe. You blur out the ribbons, but you don't edit out the passwords. Come on, it makes sense. <laughs> and Virginia compares them to Boy Scout patches. You guys, I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, no, she didn't. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. I have to stand up for Virginia here because. Eric was all like, uh, no, it means a little more and all that. Eric is a dick, for one. I know Eric is a dick, but I <laughs> I have more than a passing familiarity with military ribbons. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. You can talk to anybody in the military. You get ribbons and awards, sometimes just for showing up. 
But then there are the other ones on there that you really worked hard for, risked your life for, went above and beyond for. So for someone to compare them to Boy Scouts patches, I I was actually admiring his restraint. I was like, <laughs> no, she didn't. No. no. See, because the way I saw it, for one, remembering the gap between them, I just thought she was kidding about the patches and she was just trying to relate with him because she, you know how he has that passion for the military and all that. I'm sure Virginia is like, oh, cool, you got patches. But to him, he's like, I did this, I did that. And so she was trying to find middle ground, but he was not having it at all. I, I'm going to, I understand if I, I know that if I did not have my background knowledge, I might think and say the same way as Virginia. And she's not wrong in that sense. But I was like, oh, Eric, I understand. Eric, I understand. Eric. <laughs> so he shows her his yearbooks. He's like, here, 95. And Virginia's all, I was two years old. <laughs> um, he apparently really liked baseball and played baseball. And this leads to just a strange place because he starts talking about how he cherishes family so much. And she starts saying words don't mean anything. And she starts crying. And she's like, you haven't talked to my family. And in the interview, she says, family is so important. And I expected more. He doesn't have her family members' phone numbers. Virginia's like, I talked to his mom and his sister-in-law regularly. And it hasn't been reciprocated. So when she said that, I just felt like, you guys know I've been griping about the fact that we're winding down and we're just finding out like new pieces of information about these couples. I had no idea that she actually had a relationship with his family. And I'm like, I didn't even know that this was such a, you know, huge thing for her. And I'm like, why wouldn't Eric even call his dad? They have the same views, right? Like at least do that. I didn't like, I understood where both of them were coming from. Like building relationship with in-laws is important. And I also liked his reaction. He was just like, I've been really focused on me and you who just met, you know, six, seven weeks ago and I've lost sight of your family. Um, He wants to meet them. He wants to get to know them, but they are busy. They're both like working at jobs and filming a whole TV show. And I could sort of understand why that would fall through the cracks. I also think it's like a huge male female thing. You see it time and time again. Like, the female half of the relationship is always responsible for maintaining the family connections, and the men don't do shit. So, so <laughs> it's not good, and people should not be like that, but I'm not surprised that they fell into that pattern. And once she said something, he, he wasn't defensive or any... Well, he defended a little bit, but he was like, I will do it, you know, I will, I will call them, I will, like, I want their numbers... And she's just like, but I'm already doing that for you. And I'm thinking, like, is this the first time you raised this? Because if so, I would be, I would understand why Eric might be confused. Like, if you have not told him explicitly, call my mom, call my dad, he might not know to do it. Yeah, that's exactly. Which is like, is this just popping up? Like, are you now just looking for new problems? Because <laughs> you don't like them? There's not, en- there's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> So because she said something, we see Eric FaceTiming her dad. I swear her dad has appeared on FaceTime on this show quite a bit. <laughs> and her dad is very like, oh, I understand. You've been busy. You don't owe us an apology. You know, he reaffirms you two should be focusing on the two of you. And he talks about how he has to earn his trust, how she didn't have the easiest upbringing. 
I will give him this. As a father, I kind of appreciate him owning, like, I didn't do the best. <laughs> yeah. that I think it's like, if more parents would do that, I think they would have better relationships with their children. Um, he says he's proud to have Eric as a son-in-law. And Eric says he's doing his best. And then Eric starts with, you know, he's very honest about what he thinks a marriage should be. And maybe Virginia doesn't see it the same way. And her dad rolls in. He's like, not all marriages look the same. He's like, I'm not co-signing with you, Eric. I'm not co-signing. When Eric started talking, I was like, Eric, take your compliment, shut up, and keep it moving. (laughs) But you just ruined it. But I had a question for you, Aid. Hear me out. And again, you know that I've been on my sister wife binge, but does Eric remind you of Cody? Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The ever-present cheerfulness with the know-it-allness. Just doing too much, like like the showboating. (laughs) But yeah, okay. I'm not crazy this time. (laughs) So we did Eric's trip down memory lane. Now it's time to go to Virginia's and she goes and plays basketball. I was wondering, was that the same place that Paige and Chris played basketball? But I couldn't remember. <laughs> that's a huge, that's a possibility, actually. <laughs> I mean, they already cleared you to film once. Might as well. Yeah, might as well. I loved her pictures. There was so, I mean, she really played basketball from like a long time, like all the way through, probably, it looks like at least elementary, middle, high school. Like, wow. Um, and it was, a, she said it was a constant in her life. And, you know, when other things were unstable, it appears that basketball was like always there. So that was good. And watching her play was fun because she was, she still got it. <laughs> yeah, she still got it. She hadn't even changed much. She still looked like her, her younger self a lot. You know, she just left school five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I just, when I said that, I was like, well, she is young. <laughs> I forget uh, how young they are. When I was watching Couples Cam and Bobby was like, oh, I was born in 91. I was like, ah! God. I forget these people were born in the 90s because Jeffy just turned 30 and I'm like, mm, <laughs> Did you scream, Aid? I did because I, even though I know full well that like people my age are married, have multiple children, I still get shocked. Like, wait, there are people who are younger than me. Younger, much younger than me. <laughs> anyway. But you know, we know a lot of people in common who got married at like 26. I know, but... As if they got married at 26 and they were older than me, then I'm like, oh, that's fine. It's the ones who are younger than me that I get confused. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was very sad when Virginia talked about how her parents weren't there for her senior night, um, but her siblings yeah. came. That all oh, that broke my heart. I was gonna ask, do you think that is why Virginia holds her friends very dear because they're her family? Maybe, but I guess like. I'm like, but you're very, she's very close to her siblings, I thought was the deal. But do yeah. you mean like siblings are friends and friends are friends? And so that's kind of what she associates more with family. But I'm like, your husband can be your friend yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, this is very true because I just, I've been trying to understand her devotion, I guess is the word, to her friends. Like, I get loving and being close to your friends, but. Hers seems to have a hint of something. I don't know what it is. So when she said that story and all that, I'm like, you know, she felt alone. I'm like, okay, is it because they make her feel, you know, safe, comfortable? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's very interesting because I've known a lot of people who say things like, you know, my friends are like my family, either because they don't have a good relationship with their family or with their parents. And so... 
like Christmas and Thanksgiving and life events, their friends are more of an important presence. But it's not yeah. something that I'm familiar with because that's not the way that I am. But Virginia, considering her background, that could very well be it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Eric, she talks about how she learned to be an adult very quickly. And Eric says he respects her and he wants her to trust and lean on him. And he knows that she doesn't need him, but he wants her to need him. And she's like, can I want you instead of need you? And once again, I was girl. like, you should not be on this show. <laughs> I was like, girl, Virginia. like You should not be married. Like, mm. <laughs> and, and you can tell that Eric pl- practices a lot of constraint on TV because he doesn't want to blow his top and he's trying to, you know, maintain himself because the way his facial expressions just change when she says these things, it's just hilarious. But that wasn't nice. I really felt for him. I, I just, I'm like, how can you go into marriage with the idea that I don't want to need you? Which I get it. Like, it's like protecting yourself emotionally, but you can't be doing that. Like that you're going to need, the, that's part of it. That's part of the deal. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, so then we have Virginia meet up with Bridget, Eric's sister-in-law <laughs> who has been around for four years. Did you think Bridget and Virginia looked a little bit alike? No. But oh, I did think she was very pretty. Oh, I'm not saying anything. I just meant. <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> okay, that came out wrong, guys. <laughs> okay, um, no is the answer. <laughs> just Virginia, stop there. <laughs> Virginia says to Bridget, we've had tough days and we had some not great arguments. And Virginia says the littlest thing could happen and then one of us gets mad about it. But they've been good for, she thinks, four days and she drops it down to three days. <laughs> Virginia says Eric has trigger points and Bridget says, you know, he's similar to his brother. They're not very good about talking about feelings. I don't think that's a problem here, but okay. <laughs> Bridget is like, you've only been together for six weeks and it takes time. And she thinks that Eric cares a lot about Virginia already. Then she asks, because the producer tells her to, what are your biggest obstacles? And they talk about traveling and time with her friends. And, you know, Bridget is telling us, I could see him being insecure if she was out at bars with her guy friends all night. (laughs) Me is all like, yeah, that's an issue. (laughs) Her whole confessional was just a trip. Because she didn't, she wasn't being mean or nasty or anything. She's just reporting on what she sees. (laughs) But everything was written on her face. (laughs) Like, this one cannot be serious. (laughs) Like, surely. (laughs) And then Virginia was really, like, opening up and spilling and saying it and really believing everything she was saying. I was like, can't you read her body language? Like, she's not on your side. (laughs) Virginia said Eric struggles because her friends are in front of him. Bridget says in an interview, if she doesn't start seeing him as her number one ride or die, it's going to upset him. And Virginia just says it's going to take her some time to get there. And then Bridget is like, sure. (laughs) Someone needs to do a smash cut of everybody on this cast saying sure. And then... (laughs) And then, like, having interspersed with Ryan, like, for sure, sure, for sure, sure. (laughs) Just make a song out of it, actually. Dr. Pepper is around this week, so she sits down with Virginia and Eric, and she says that marriage can help you heal from trauma. That's her, like, voiceover thing or interview thing. And Eric, when they sit down, Eric says, you know, we've had different backgrounds growing up. 
She's been through more than me. He says it's better when she opens up. And Eric says that they were on a high, then a low. Now they're back up again. Uh, I don't know if that's actually the truth. Everything (laughs) has been so good. Dr. Pepper says she likes Eric and Virginia, but they can't continue to sweep things under the rug. Virginia talked about her parents, the divorces, his married parents. And she says marriage can be however we define it. He agrees, but there's a certain set of standards that we should have. And she's like, yeah, things like fidelity. Everyone has to have that or it'll never work. Mm -hmm. And Virginia says we should not compare our marriage to anybody else's. Dr. Pepper told them to write down goals and then write down behaviors that you think will serve those goals. And Virginia says, yes, we're in love, but we're such different people. Then Dr. Pepper leaves. Um, Virginia says she likes their homework, but she also has like a face. And Eric says, don't look so sure that it's going to be able to be done. And Virginia's like, it'll take both of us giving some. Virginia then starts, you've got these constraints of what marriage is supposed to be. And Eric's like, I know it's not a set standard thing. Then we get back to the topic at hand, which is because it just keeps on coming up. Eric is like, I'm not like, I don't want sleepovers. (laughs) And Virginia's like, why would you say something like that? And then they call her out by flashing back on her saying to Pastor Cal, sleepovers. And then Virginia asks, well, if you're out of town and I'm drinking at Landon and Coles and it's raining, you want me to come out, (laughs) come home? Oh, my God. Virginia says it's not fair for you to set a standard. And he says there are things you just don't do. And then she says there's just such a long list. And then Virginia is like, she doesn't believe there's any. And then Eric is like, over it. Eric is so over it. It's just a, it's not a dumb fight. It's just like, I'm just trying to think of arguing over sleeping over at my guy friend I, I, it's just weird eric is no eric is controlling yes but the truth of the matter is why is it so important like is this the hill she wants to die on sleeping over at your guy friend's house i can't tell if it's the hill she wants to die on or the one she likes to pick because it's an <laughs> easy one to be like it's a good get out of jail free card you know what i mean yeah. They've got so many issues that if she just harps on this one, <laughs> she can push him away forever. I don't know. It's just they don't know how to communicate. And it's so important. And then Eric gets flustered and throws ultimatums out there. So I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. The way they ended was very not good. So we'll see what happens next week with them. But the way they ended was like they still have not resolved the sleepover thing. We did not see his answer really to her question. Like, if he's out of town, why does she care where? Why does he care where she sleeps? And I because feel bad you're for my him. wife. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for him because I'm not sure how he's supposed to articulate what you just said. <laughs> and I, I actually think is it's not helpful in the moment. But this is one where people are basically uniformly on Eric's side. So he just feels probably like a crazy person having to argue this with her all the time. And then it gets mumbled up with all the other stuff that they have going on. But on this one, I think everybody, Dr. Pepper, Pastor Cal, everybody agrees. Eric, you are in the right here. Yeah. And I think he finds a way to articulate it, like, in next week's preview, where he's saying you don't, like, she doesn't prioritize him. I think that's just the crux of the matter, really. They are such a bad match. Yeah, they're not. 
I think the one thing, the camera always wants to show us that she's nervous. When Dr. Pepper came around and Eric was giving his spiel about how they were down and now they're really good. And just watching their reaction, I think not just them, some of the couples in front of the experts, it reminds me of, so I'm Catholic. Back when I used to go to confession, that's what it feels like. You're so ashamed of your sins. They just that same. <laughs> All the things, but you're really, really, really sorry. You're not going to do it again. But this, you just rush over. I used to rank my confessions with my worst to my least worst. So that I end on a good note. <laughs> so that's what it reminds me of when Eric is there and they're going on. Like they want to be on their best behavior in front of the priest. Who the priest being Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so. It's that combination of authority figure and judgment. That's what the experts are to them. Yep. Yep. And then it's like, it's like you see your failures in front of you. And then you also see your wins. But if you had your wins all the time, they wouldn't be there. So they're here to highlight your failures. But yeah. So we'll move on to Brianna and Vincent. We've talked about this. We learn new information that Brianna knows how to tap dance, which I thought was cute. At least I didn't know that she could tap dance. So she tells us that she's going to show Vince a little bit of her world. And dance used to be her outlet, but it's something that she let go. She says she wants to let Vince know that she definitely wants to have kids, but they don't have to be a business professional and be on the straight and narrow like she was. To be honest, (laughs) I was just giving her kudos for even going anywhere near anything that was close to dance after that last fiasco. (laughs) She's like, I'm not going to make him dance. That's (laughs) where we're going with this. (laughs) But um, Vince comes in and he asks her, you know, show me what you got. Like if you had if you had a prize for a hundred thousand right now, what would you do? She does this like half ass tap and then they make a joke out of it. And then I relax because I'm like, okay, we good. So we can go on with this. Shoti tells him that dance was her passion, but she thought money was what she had to pursue, and she wants him to know who pre-engineering Brie is. She lets him in on how she used to feel insecure because of her skin tone, like the light skin versus dark skin, and she thought she was unattractive. I'll pause here, like, you know, for some of our listeners, if you don't know um, anything about colorism, like, within the Black community, it's like a thing, and it started way way in the past during like when our people were slaves with the the paper bag test but like colorism is so and it's interesting that Vince is Dominican and I kind of wanted him to say something because there is a like colorism is not just a black community it is Latino community Asian Brie had something to say about colorism as it affected her I was surprised not surprised but like colorism is part of the Dominican like culture and community too. So I was actually interested to hear what Vince had to say, but either they cut it out or he doesn't, maybe he doesn't think about it. Maybe he doesn't talk about it, but anyway, yes. Yeah. So for those who don't know, there is the paperback test. And it's like, if you're lighter than the paperback, you tend to have more advantages. I, I don't even know if I should call it an advantage because it's things like you're still a slave, but it's like, if you were lighter, you had a higher chance of actually like working in the house versus in the field. So just to show how deep it runs and it's still prevalent in our society right now and it's still something that we battle where even rappers, you hear them say light skin is the right skin. And that is a quote. So um, I felt for Brie as she told this story. It was kind of cool. And she said she just thought she was unattractive. But at 15, 16, she told herself that she's enough and she's beautiful. And Vince receives it very well. 
and says it's nice to hear and it inspires him that she pushed through. Um, so he lets us know that as her husband, it's hard for him to hear that she went through that. And it's a blessing to be able to find someone special like her. Bree says that it would be good. It was a good segue because she's like, it would be good to teach our future children that they're beautiful, desirable, and talented, and they can be anything that they want to be. So Vince is happy with that because he's picking up what she dropped about actually wanting to have children and tells her that she'll make a great mom one day. And these are the things that he's picturing of family and he just wants their children to be in a better position than they were in. So Brie adds a long time from now and Vince's <laughs> face, his demeanor and everything just changes and drops. And Brie's like, what? <laughs> and then he's like, a long time from now. She goes, yep, repeats it again a long time from now. It was just a funny scene because I'm like, what are these people doing? So, um, like Aid mentioned, Dr. Pepper is still in the building and she's visiting them. And it's good to see the couples together. And she tells them that her visit is to elevate the marriage through the unanswered questions that they have. And I'm glad that, you know, they did that because now it gives a better understanding because I was griping last week about the couples being separated and what was the point of that. But I guess they wanted them to have the conversations themselves and then they'll clean up whatever mess or aftermath <laughs> <laughs> happened after that. So Dr. Pepper asked Bree if she's willing to compromise about the sleeping habits. And she responds with a non-compromise and she's just kicking it up. And at some point, Dr. Peppers is just stony faced. I don't know if Dr. Pepper has always been like this. I don't recall her always being like this. Am I wrong? I don't, I, you know, I'm not one to ask about what I expressed oh. it before, but <laughs> I, I noticed a pattern with her of like, I'm not here for anybody's bullshit. <laughs> memories of her laughing and smiling with them but now she just puts up a face like I'm not here for your games like I can see through your bullshit so you can see Brie laughing and at some point she's laughing and Dr. Pepper's looking at her it's very disarming Brie just stops and she's like yeah and then that's it trails off so Dr. Pepper asks how many hours of sleep Vince needs and he explains that he sells cars and drives all day so he has aches and you know my dude just needs some sleep and then <laughs> Dr. Pepper is explaining to Brie, like, you know, he felt judged and he doesn't want you to think that he's lazy. Brie interjects and she's like, oh, no, I don't think that he is. Then Dr. Pepper is like, then how do we solve this? And Brie I, just I must stops. say that, didn't I say last week, didn't I say last week that he was all like, yeah, I think she's thinking that lazy. I'm like, that is you projecting because she never said that. And I doubt she thinks that. Look at that. Look at that. She's like, I didn't think that. <laughs> do you think she's lying, Tane? <laughs> You think she's lying? I'm asking you, do you think she's lying? I do think she's lying. <laughs> I'm, I'm always so protective of, well, I'm always cognizant of the fact that everybody loves Brie, but I'm just like, I do think she's lying. I do think she thinks it means like, you're being lazy. Like, who cares? You sold cars. Get up. <laughs> oh, man. Dr. Pepper asks, okay, is it possible that it can be X days where he sleeps in and X days where he doesn't, or does it have to be an all or nothing? And Bree's like, oh, no, no, that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. Then Vince says, like, well, if you see that I'm tired, just let your boy sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I don't even know if they came to a resolution because I that was recall. it. I don't recall. They did not. <laughs> 
that was it. So I think Bree's annoyance is like he just wouldn't go to bed. Like he keeps playing on his phone. And it's not that you're not tired from selling cars. You're tired because you're playing on your phone and you're not going to go to bed like a responsible adult. And then you want to complain that you're tired when you could have gone to bed earlier. That is her true annoyance. So, But this is what I don't understand. Is there some place he's supposed to be? Like, what is, why does it matter how late he sleeps as long as he gets to his job on time? She wants them to have breakfast together. And if I'm guessing correctly, like, it's just not on camera, it probably leads to other things. Like, he ends up sleeping, doesn't do certain things that he's supposed to do. And then, you know, you're back, you're you're late at the end of the day, like, because you haven't woken up early to do things. Or maybe just a pet peeve of hers. Because I think it's I've just a pet it peeve of hers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I've said it before. When I see people sleeping in, I'm like, why? Why, why are you sleeping in? So. <laughs> she asked Bree about not, uh, not being, if not physically giving birth. And Bree chimes in that she does want to clarify that she does want to experience giving birth. I don't know. This whole thing is confusing. What she told Dr. Pepper was different from what she told Vince. And then right now she's saying that I don't recall her explicitly saying, I do want to physically give birth and experience it. She said, I'm scared of my high blood pressure valid. Then when she talked to Vince, she said, you know, my body, my time. And I was like, okay, that's different. But she tells us this week that she does want to experience giving birth, but her huge fear is because of her blood pressure. Vin says he definitely wants kids and they've talked about research and she cannot be the only young person who has high blood pressure. <laughs> I don't think Vince is really taking in what she's saying. But Dr. Pepper asked, what if she was in danger? Like, would you be open to adopting? <laughs> Vince is like... I'm going to need more time because that has never crossed my mind. Like his very tunnel vision about having biological kids. I think most people are. I'm sorry. I think most men are. (laughs) And then he continues. Oh, he wants to build his legacy. Having a wife and three children has been his dream, but he's not sure if adoption is something he wants. I think he's sure he doesn't want it. (laughs) I think so too. (laughs) I mean, it's fair. It's his preference and it's what he wants. But I got to tell you guys, like, there's just always been something about Vince. He is traditional. And there's nothing wrong with that if you want to. But sometimes being that traditional can make you very tunnel vision and inflexible and make you not want to do things. So that is my slight annoyance with this because Dr. Pepper brings up a good point. If she is in danger and she physically cannot give birth, are you going to tell Brie, like, ah, well, I'm leaving you because my legacy, like, come on. (laughs) Like, you have to be flexible to think about possibilities. Every adult knows that life throws you curveballs. So what happens? So, anyways, it's time for Vince to show Brie his world. And they go to a Dominican bodega, and he wants to show her his roots. But the place is also a restaurant, and he orders food, and he tells her about how they eat chicken a lot and all the things that he did when he was a child. And... Bree says it's good to see Vince in his ele- in his element, and he felt like he was home. Um, not to point it out again, but you know Vince's branding VMR was made an appearance again on his shirt. And then he tells her about his childhood and how they didn't have much, and like the Dominican Republic is different; that there's no middle class. 
and Bree asks him if he focuses on his family a lot because on oh, on wanting a family, I guess because he didn't have it. And he says it makes him sad because you know he felt alone. And again, you know, our traumas manifest in different ways. This could be why he is fixated on having biological children, so he can fix what he didn't have, I guess, when he was a kid. Yeah. I loved seeing them in the grocery store. I was like, oh, I want to go to my ethnic grocery store because that's where all the good food is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) People on this show, I'm trying to think of a person who, like, is really in touch with their, like, trauma and understanding how it manifests in their life. Like, Brie did a really good job of, like, trying to draw out, like, what are your motivations? Like, trying to understand where he is and where he's coming from. But, like... yeah. I don't think he ever tries, like, to put things in context. I don't think he's capable of it. And I'm not trying to insult him, but everyone has different levels of being introspective. And I just don't think he does. And I think that's what he's going to learn as they as they continue in their marriage. And it's not that he wouldn't want to or he's selfish or anything. He's just not capable of it. Okay. Bree reiterates to him that she wants children and hopes him wanting a child. No, she reiterates to us and hopes that him wanting a child with his DNA isn't a deal breaker if she can't. Also, I don't know why they put these people outside. They were like by the highway or something. It was so loud. (laughs) COVID. Did you notice they were not wearing masks in that store, but the people working there were wearing masks? I was like, "Uh uh-uh, you guys, you should wear a mask. Well, you remember they told us well, I online they the they had a I forget what it was called at the time, a mask person thing on set and any any time they weren't filming, they wore a mask. But when they're filming, they take it off. So So on to Haley and Jacob. A couple weeks ago on Unfiltered, or maybe it was last week, Brianna said being around Haley and Jacob is not fun because they just take swipes at each other. That's basically <laughs> what she said. And for this episode we got to watch it too. <laughs> Yeah, because Haley's just here for her paid appearance. <laughs> so we start with them going down memory lane. So Haley um, is taking him to a batting cage because she played softball. She gets there early because she wants to practice her swing before Jake gets there. Haley is competitive. <laughs> yeah. And this turns into a whole, I guess Jake is competitive too, because this turns into a whole thing. Like he didn't hit any, then he does the whole, the machine is broken. <laughs> <laughs> coming at him too slow <laughs> he got two out of 20 Haley says she expected better and then he says it's a metaphor he went too slow and didn't hit the mark <laughs> that was funny <laughs> so they go and sit down to look at pictures but first Haley has to make a whole case about this man's footwear <laughs> she's like so talk to me about the shoes why are you wearing uh, jeans and dress shoes to an athletic event yeah. He's just like, because I want to. Like, what? I don't I, like tennis shoes. Like, sue me. I think, so he, then, and that's how you know she's mean. Because you've known this man, like, if when they first met, like, this first week, second week, okay, yeah, you can ask that question. You've known Jake. Even I know that he, this man, regardless of what the situation is, is going to wear his jeans and his dress shoes, regardless of where it is. So why are you asking now? For what? To antagonize him? She's just poking at this time. At this time, uh, we have not seen the full range of Jake's fashions, but like, <laughs> what he's wearing that evening is fine. 
I get her question to a baseball thing, I wouldn't wear dress shoes. <laughs> no, it's not comfortable. <laughs> He'd wear tennis shoes, but he says that he doesn't like tennis shoes. So let the man be, man. He's not on the same time zone or planet zone as we are. It's not news. <laughs> so then we switched to like her dad took her to Little League and she wouldn't wear the helmet. And this whole thing, this is where you're like, these two are, they've got some things in common. Because Jake starts being like, well, was it about your hair? And she's like, I was four years old. And then she said, yeah, I went to swimming and I didn't want to get in the pool. I just laid my towel out and got some sun. And he's like, he, he's like, oh, so you're a little bit of a diva. And she's like, no, I was very strong minded. And I was just like, Jake, he's have you never, not dealt with children? Never was, been around kids. <laughs> Yeah, like putting things on kids' heads. It's it's a thing, you know? A four-year-old? Oh, goodness. Anyway, um, and she says, you know, I just didn't do what I didn't want to do, you know? Like, yeah. And Jacob is like, she still has that mantra. She's like, I did cheerleading <laughs> and softball. My mom wanted them to try things, but she wanted us to see things through. And Jake says, no implications here. I mean, I swear, like, even if the moment isn't awkward, it's like they try to create it. Yeah, they did. But I got to say that Haley did try. Like, the assignment was to tell people about your past and, you know, your childhood. She did. And Jake was just not giving back. So Jake's activity is putt-putt. He had a whole story about his mom used to send him to putt-putt while she slept because she worked night. That was a sweet story. And then they write down their names for putt-putt. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, who keeps score at putt-putt? Like, can't you just play? But no, he's got a little pen and paper and he's eagle and she's dragon and she doesn't want to be dragon. Um, and Haley um, says, <laughs> what? I don't know why putt-putt was Jacob's activity. Like, I was just like, how does this resonate in his life? Why didn't they do a workout? Isn't that what his whole life is about? Yeah, but the putt-putt thing was about his past. He played a lot of putt-putt in his past when he was a kid. He said he did it um, 10 years ago. Or something like that. Or maybe I heard wrong. I heard it was 10 years ago, so that was when I was like, what? What, what happened to your childhood? But okay. Um, so, so Haley says she needs to let him win something, which was kind of like rude. <laughs> <laughs> so they pull out some old family pictures, him and his brothers with his dad. And then there was a picture of him at some company event, and he was wearing these ridiculous shorts. And he's like, it was hot out. And she's all like, you didn't get fired? He's like, it's IT people. And then Jake tells us she gets wound up whenever I wear anything goofy. <laughs> no lies told. I thought it was a costume, actually. <laughs> Haley, you know, they both get holes in one. Haley gets a little testy when he announces that she's losing. And once again, Haley says, it's fine, I guess. I'll let you win at something. <laughs> then... <laughs> then they have to they go home um, and they have to do the writing a letter to your younger self. I, they did this last year in New Orleans and I thought it was dumb then too. Hey, don't you remember Bennett and his letter when he sold what was he, he did the biggest mistake of his life and Amelia was like, what? Oh, you don't <laughs> do you remember that? I vaguely recall all this to say I don't enjoy this exercise. Oh, <laughs> I don't enjoy watching people do this exercise. I would certainly never want to do it myself. So Jacob was like, you know, 
I said, don't be a bitch and um, embrace adversity and change and failure. And P.S. Thanks for not quitting football. <laughs> and Haley's just looking at him like, that's it. That's all you got. Nothing. Just nothing. He's giving nothing. And she's kind of upset with him for giving nothing. We can see that. Yeah. Hers yeah. is more. You know, it's got some depth to it. Relationships will change you. Listen to your mother. And then she asks him, like, you don't have any response to that? And Jacob says, well, what would you tell yourself the night before you got married? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Calm down. You have no idea what's coming for you. What would you <laughs> have told yourself? And he goes, return the bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was the trigger word. <laughs> the fabled bracelet. You guys, you know, this is the stuff I live for for this show. <laughs> we have not heard one word about this bracelet this whole season. We have, This is episode 14 for anybody keeping count. Suddenly, there's a whole bracelet storyline. Yep. Jake gave her a bracelet as his gift before the wedding. I believe the day of, the, when they met each other for the first time, he asked about the bracelet, I guess because he expected her to wear it. <laughs> then they go on their honeymoon and he's like, where's the bracelet? And she's like, oh, I sent it back with my mom. And we see that like apparently every argument they've had, he has mentioned that bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know... I know I'm not a Haley fan and maybe everything she does just annoys me. But from the beginning where she goes, he goes, why don't you wear it? Why didn't you wear it at the wedding? She's like, I thought it was a necklace. So <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even know if she's telling the truth, if she thought it was a necklace or not. But he does tell her that it is a bracelet. And ever since then, she still hasn't worn the bracelet. So, And apparently her mom drove the bracelet back to Alabama. And he's like, well, you could have had it shipped. You could have brought it to the apartment, at least. It's a big, awkward thing. And she's like, well, it didn't cross my mind. Oh, and I'm like, this so is cool. why it bothered him, because it didn't cross your mind. Your mind. And she's yeah. like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was bothering you so much. Girl, we just watched a whole clip of him saying how much he bothered him. 500 times. <laughs> you knew it bothered him. Why are you saying you didn't know? Oh, because she, this is the same girl who said she had no idea he felt this way about her. So... <laughs> We're not surprised. <laughs> then it goes tit for tat. She's like, well, I haven't seen you wear the hat. And she's like, he's like, it's a $20 hat versus an $800 bracelet. Oof. <laughs> Oof. This is where, this is, this is my favorite Married at First Sight arguments. Someone has the moral high ground and they just give it away. <laughs> because yeah. Jake, probably up yeah. until that point, he had had the, uh, then he started talking, it was $800. And she's like, oh, we had a few other things going on. It didn't cross her mind. So then we flash to them sitting on the couch waiting for Dr. Pepper to come. So there's awkward. A, it was an awkward silence. The door knocks. Jacob's like, I'll get it. And Haley humps up and gets it. Dr. Pepper sits down immediately. He's like, Jake, you don't seem happy. And he's like, I'm not happy. And I'm not going to put on a happy face. He's going to be honest about his feelings. Then they engage in a conversation about the fucking shoes again. <laughs> going to dignify let's just say they talked about shoes and then dr pepper says he feels like you're judging him and he says that there's respect that he didn't get and the bracelet thing is weird for him just to not even have it in the same state this whole time and Haley's getting pissed she's like i told you why 
we weren't in a good place, so I wasn't going to tell my mom to ship it. Once again, she says it didn't cross her mind. Dr. Pepper is like, that's a shame. You made a mistake by not wearing it or carrying it. <laughs> you have to imagine that Dr. Pepper is not smiling, too. She's just looking at Haley with daggers in her <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Jake says it's disrespectful. It's not here because he invested $800 on that gift. <laughs> and that wasn't important to her, obviously. She says if they're constantly fighting, it's not going to be top of mind. And Dr. Pepper is like, he spent money on it. It was important to him. And it stayed away, and he is hurt. And Dr. Pepper, she just goes in for the kill. She's like, has any empathy or kindness been shown to you from your side of the line? And then she goes into her, I'm telling you, my number one annoying most raises, I'm the type of person that. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you are the type of person to do anything, you won't have to tell people. People will know from interacting with you. So once you start trying to explain, no, I'm the type of person that, you're just making up excuses for who you are because people can yeah. see who you are. Yep. So she's like, well, I'm the type of person, been the kind of person that if she doesn't want to be in a situation, she just feels awkward. She doesn't know how to verbalize it. So she shut down. Dr. Pepper is not here for this. She's like, he felt rejected. It was his big gift. It was a statement of how seriously he took this marriage. And um, Haley needs to accept responsibility for her role in that. Then Haley, you know, picks up her phone and calls her mom. And the thing is about this phone call is it has been six weeks. You could have had this phone call at any time over the past six weeks. But finally today, your phone is working for you to call your mom to tell her to send the bracelet. And she is very, like, snippy about it. And her mom is like, yeah. well, if you want to give a gift, give a gift. And she explains to her mom that he gave her back the hat. He didn't give it back to her. He put it in her room and left it there. And she's, Haley's like, it would also be great if he could stop bringing up how much it costs. That is the only part that Haley is right about in this conversation. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think they were very mean girly. They were. Her, her mom is not, oh, her mom did not look good. Um, it, her mom, I believe, is the one who said signing up for a pity party about the bracelet. And her mom is like, he should have never bought the gift if he was going to be this way or something. And it's just like, they, this, I, while they were first arguing about the bracelet, I was dying laughing. And that's why I love this episode. It reminded me of watching Henry and Christina fight, where we've gotten to a point, you guys are not saying yes on decision day. You clearly hate each other. And you've decided to argue about stupid shit. And it is yeah. so, I know it's not right, y'all, but it's fun to watch. <laughs> Aid's favorite part about maps, these kind of situations where they hate what? each other, the resentment is at an all-time high, but they're like, we're going to stay together to the end. <laughs> and argue about this bracelet. I mean, let's do a, a checklist. They argued about shoes. They argued about $800. They argued about a hat. I'm like, what even are you people arguing about? To be honest, in the beginning, I was on Haley's side about the bracelet. I was just like, what is his problem? And what oh, does he yeah. hope to achieve by bringing up this dang bracelet over and over again? But the oh, longer it man. went on, the more I was like, why didn't you have your mom ship the dang bracelet? Like, it was a gift. You barely acknowledged it. And I understand, like, with wedding stuff, you guys... I have a $40 Target gift card that got lost at someone's wedding that I'm still upset about some five years later. 
<laughs> because in like the wedding room, there's all the stuff and things just get like things are never found. So I can understand if it's an expensive bracelet, you want to like give it to someone for safekeeping, be like, don't lose it. But that was seven weeks ago or six weeks ago. Why have you not had your mom ship this bracelet to you? And and that's the thing. The whole thing is just more symbolic. I think Jacob is the kind of person that doesn't let things go and he just wants to drive home his point. And I'm, I don't blame him because Haley keeps saying things like, I'm the one that's trying, you're not doing that. When it comes to conversations, absolutely, he's not trying. But everything else, he's just trying to drive home the point that you haven't cared from the beginning. You keep saying that that's not the case, but this is why. And he picked up on the bracelet and is like, I gave this to you. Like, even if you don't know, like, or anything, if someone gives you a gift, you want to show them like, hey, I'm using it. The thing you could have done was just have it around. Because he kept saying, I don't even need you to wear it. Let it just be in the vicinity. It's just a little respecting that you could do. If you say or claim that you're trying, the least you could have done was have it around. But the fact that you kept reiterating that, it didn't cross your mind. Case in point, exhibit A. I'm not even a factor in your life. <laughs> so that's And even it after it didn't cross your mind, he has said and mentioned this bracelet enough times. Yeah. Like, how could it not cross your mind when he mentions it? We saw yeah. the clip package. Yeah. So, yeah. So at that point, I changed my mind about her being just four. Jacob might have had a point. She's just a brat. Oh. <sighs> But, um, yeah, the other thing, um, yes, guys, the music lyric that was playing as all this was going on was everything is not okay. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) there was a moment where, um, I think before Dr. Pepper came and Jake was just talking to us, he was in his suit and he had glasses and he had the scruff going on. I was like, Jacob, you will be fine. Say no (laughs) on D-Day and you are going to get you a girl that's going to accept you for who you are and you will be okay. But I do want to point out that during commercial, well, Haley and Jacob were there. We had a commercial for Unmatchables. It was the ad with Dr. Viviana and Pastor Cal. And they were listing five reasons you will be unmatchable. And they're going through the countdown. And then he says, if you have the mindset of still wanting to party all the time, you will be unmatchable. Um, you match, Virginia? <laughs> and then he makes the next number. If you still have your walls up and you haven't healed from a relationship, you will be unmatchable. I'm like, did anyone edit? Did anyone check this ad before? <laughs> like, you are describing couples <laughs> on here. So I'm like, okay, Abe, we have to watch like at least the premiere, the pilot episode, and see what this is about because clearly some self awareness is not happening on here. Okay. But, yeah. We will suffer through unmatchables. but yeah Haley and Jacob are done so her mom her mom was speaking like someone who knows that this is done so yeah if your child is about to dump someone on national television it's probably for the best that you don't shit talk them to because what what do you get out of that well I mean we kind of have an idea how Haley is the way she is I guess (laughs) I mean (laughs) she's enabling her behavior so she thinks it's okay so People, it is very dangerous when you decide that you have been wronged and then you bring your family into the concept that you have been wronged because this, she has been on the phone with her mom talking all kinds of shit about this man. And now her mom is on national television talking shit about someone she doesn't even know because of her daughter. It's not a good look. Let's move on to a, 
You know, I was about to say a happier couple, but honestly, I don't know. Yeah, anybody's a step up from Jacob and Haley. So let's move on to a happier couple, (laughs) Ryan and Clara. So Ryan is at Clara's parents' home, and he tells us that he thinks it's a good thing to have a relationship with the in-laws. And he thinks Clara's mom, her name is Londa, will be a good resource to know more about Clara and point out any blind spots that he might have missed on having kids or going to church and faith. And I want to point out that, can I just say that this is the epitome of when you focus on the wrong thing, because Clara is so focused on him not saying, I love you, but Eric has said, I love you. And he has not done a damn thing to talk to anybody's family. (laughs) And Ryan, you know, and Ryan hasn't, yes, I get it, but he's doing all the quote unquote right thing. Okay. Most of the right things. So, you know, when you focus so much on the saying, you just lose what is happening in front of you. So he asks Londa if it feels real for her that Clara is married. And he tells her that he thinks, well, she, she said, she says it does now. And then she asks him what, how his mom would describe him. And Ryan tells her that he thinks his mom would describe him as needier when he was younger. And then he asks any advice on Clara. And she tells him that, you know, patience goes a long way. <laughs> My husband was walking by when that happened. He was like, oh, does that mean she's trouble? What does that mean that patience goes a long way? I was <laughs> like, I think she means marriage in general. Not, <laughs> She's not a terrible person. <laughs> um, and she hopes that he likes um, Clara and respects who she is. And as long as, you know, they're on that path, love will come. And I thought that was a really good answer. So he brings up raising kids, says he wants kids and is wondering more about raising them in the church. He thinks raising your kids in church lays down good groundwork and a belief system. But with Clara, it's a little bit more of a variable. And her mom tells him that she didn't even know Clara attending church was important to her till she had her. And she thinks that that's going to be the same for Clara. And I'm like, listen, if this guy is talking kids, doesn't that mean the sex is coming? I mean, right? No? Am I reaching? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you put that together for us. (laughs) I'm just, no, because everyone keeps making it seem, I get it. Everyone is like, I've seen so many things about Clara needs orgasms. Clara needs this. I agree. I feel like if what that rant is true, she should be getting off somehow. But I do think the sex is coming. Like, even he, how long is he going to hide for and not have sex with her? Like, now, if they get off camera and they're still not having sex, then we can talk. But if you're talking kids, then, you know, it's coming. I don't know. I'm being optimistic. But Ryan says that will be a huge plus in their relationship building, um, her wanting their kids to go to church. And it makes him optimistic. They just had a really good vibe about them, um, Ryan and Clara's mom. I like them together. I really liked her mom. Her mom is real pretty, too. And she looks exactly like Clara. It's just Clara with she dark hair. She does. She does. She has she great does. skin. Great yeah. skin. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you're not shit-talking your in-laws, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we're back at Clara's parents' home again. And at this point, I'm not quite sure of the weather because we just saw Haley in, um, at Putt-Putt wearing, like, the shortest shorts and a tank top. And Clara had on a sweater, knee-length boots, so I don't know. It was cold. So Ryan, oh, uh, this is not necessarily nice, but in the confessional, I just really noticed Ryan's ears. I don't think I ever noticed that they really stood out. Did you ever notice that about Ryan? 
No, I can't say I've spent much time thinking about his ears. His <laughs> facial hair really no. bothers me. Really bothers me. What bothers you? His facial hair. Because he has showed a picture of himself with no facial hair, and I feel like he looks so much more attractive. Okay, so I'm going to put it all together, because that's what I was going to say. So his ears really, like, stick out, and it seems... Depending on what angle you look at it, it actually just looks a little elf-like when it sticks out. So when you add, like, his beard and add his hair, it's interesting. I wondered what it would be like if he changed his hair completely, took off his facial hair. What would he look like? I really hope that happens. So, so Clara gives him a tour at the house and tells him that she was in show choir. And they're chatting with her parents and... She t- she tells the story of how they banned her from listening to Usher's Confessions. I'm like, what? <laughs> One of the greatest albums? How could they do that? So um, Clara's dad is there, but not there because he doesn't say a word. And <laughs> um, Clara's mom um, just loves Ryan. And, you know, every day is D-Day. And they, it's time for them to meet uh, Dr. Pepper. She's in the house with them, Ryan with his T-shirts. I wonder if he's going to come out with a T-shirt line. Because he's just had, he's had distinct shirts. His shirt said 1619. I don't know if that means anything. Do you know? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, oh, I was so happy f- that he was wearing this T-shirt. 1619 refers to the 1619 Project, um, which was a feature in the New York Times in 2019 by Hannah Nicole Jones. Um, she led the project, and it basically traces the roots of slavery in the United States, which starts with the first black person stepping foot in the United States, which happened in 1619. Oh. Or something like that. Wait, I said the first black person stepping foot in the United States, but it's actually the history of slavery, which I believe began in 1619. Um, the 1619 Project is, like, super... There are a lot of people who don't like reality, so they've been trying to ban this very important project from schools. So yes, I, I live for Ryan's t-shirts. I don't think he's starting his own t-shirt line. I think he's promoting everybody else's projects and causes and that are close to his heart. So I appreciate it. That's a little tangent for today, okay. guys. Oh, that's cool. I mean, well, there's one smart one among us. So I hope that doesn't make me sound <laughs> dumb, but I didn't know what it was. So she asks Clara, how does she feel about him withholding intercourse? And she mentions that during matchmaking, she did say that she was she moved too fast and she wanted to find out what it would be like if she did the opposite and look what she got. Be careful what you wish for. And it's funny how they're always talking about this, you know, not having sex. And yet Clara is always the one talking like Ryan just never talks about it, which is just weird to me. So Dr. Pepper asked if she'll say yes, if he came ready tonight. And she says, absolutely. But I don't want it to be like a check mark. Dr. Pepper asked, she wanted Ryan to ask if it is withholding and if there's something in his mind that is not in hers. That was a little confusing, but I think I get what she's asking. Like, is there something holding you back from not having sex that you might be thinking about that she's not thinking about? And again, Clara's the one answering. And <laughs> Dr. Pepper is like, okay, I'll understand if you guys were dating but now you're married, so I don't know why it's not happening. And then finally, they ask Ryan, what is he waiting for? And for the upteenth time, he says, I just want it to be meaningful. And I don't want to also say I love you so often that it loses its meaning. 
Dr. Pepper says she thinks months from now, they'll look back at themselves sitting on the couch and they'll be thinking if they were in love then and they'll be like, yes, we were in love. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with her, but we'll see. Clara says the same thing. Um, Ryan is not ready. She doesn't know how long it's going to be, but she cannot be married to someone who would never say it. And she actually wipes a tear. Aww. <laughs> I, it, it really bothers her. I was like, wow. So they have a wonky timeline and they move on to the younger letters that they write to themselves. And Clara mentions the letter and tells us that since visiting or talking with Dr. Pepper last week, she's been feeling awkward that she does love Ryan, but doesn't know what to say to him. She writes a letter to her 13 year old self telling her things like, you don't have to be perfect to be loved and don't be afraid to tell people you love them. But Ryan is not picking up what she's dropping and does not react at all. Just <laughs> blank face and say, that was cool. Cool. And Ryan starts his letter by saying, first thing, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Clara's like, yeah, I'm not sure that I knew what to expect, but yeah, this is just where we are. It was very awkward. They just ended and then that was it. That's what we had for them. I think Ryan will never say I love you on TV. For as long as there is a TV camera in front of them, Ryan is not saying it. I can agree with that. I think he's one of those people who thinks certain things are sacred and it's not anybody's business, but at the same time, you came on a TV show. That is a fatal flaw in his reasoning, but <laughs> I think that's how he feels. I I I actually cannot these are a Miles and Karen type situation. Ryan is is Karen. <laughs> They're gonna get off camera and it's gonna be a whole different thing. Yeah. But I'll be curious to see if they say yes on decision day if they join couples cam. But like you always say, the dollars, right? It's the dollars, but I will say another part of couples cam is the camera's not there in front of you and being wielded by a person. You literally get to film what you want to film. You talk to producers and you invent storylines to film. It's a lot different from like, we will be at your house filming your activities for these hours. There'll be five of us. That's the crew. So I think that's why couples are more likely to agree to couples cam because they have more control. Yeah. 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 That's all we got for the couples. That's it. So, Tane, who has your bouquet for the week? My bouquet goes to Londa. She was just a breath of fresh air. I liked her vibe with Ryan. And it was just cool. And she said all the right things. And she's just a good mama. Aw. And who had yours? I hate to do this, but Dr. Pepper again. (laughs) (laughs) That dressing down. (laughs) She gave Haley about that bracelet. I wish that I could bitch people out like that. I wish I could. Calm, direct, but lethal. <laughs> I was just like, Dr. Pepper hates Haley. And if it comes out that she starts dating Jake, I'm going to riot. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm making a joke about Jessica and Molly and John. <laughs> so who has your burnt ashes? Um, this was very easy. It was Haley and Jacob. More Haley because I just think she's being mean at this time, at this point. And Jacobs is just for you know bringing up the eight hundred dollars and just not giving anything in conversations. But I don't even know if he's valid at this point. But yeah, Haley and Jacob as a couple. I am giving it to Virginia because 
this lack of growth is really quite stunning to me. Like, you guys were arguing about this on week one, and you have not evolved in this marriage or as a human or as a married person in six weeks to understand that sleepovers at your boy's house is not a thing for married people. And (laughs) I feel like you and I were not ones to, you know, really start telling people what to do or, like, how their relationship should be or whatever. But in this case, we don't even like Eric, but we know he's right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so next week they go on the retreat. I very much enjoy that. I enjoy the retreat because I like seeing the couples together. And might I add that this is something that Married at First Sight Australia incorporated in their season this year. They've never done the retreat before, and they did. I was just glad that their retreat (laughs) is to Hilton Head and the house they're staying in looks gorgeous. And Hilton Head is a great place to go. So I'm happy that they go to get to go somewhere nice. Yeah. And that was what was that cabin in the woods situation they had last year in the industrial kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> it was COVID. Uh, isn't Hilton Head where Southern Charm films? Um, they're in Charleston, which is like the closest major city, but Oh okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you guys know how we love your reviews. Our review today is from Fool for Maps. Um, She called this the perfect maps podcast. Thank you. High praise. I stumbled across this podcast and so glad I did. These women are so funny. Even though they know each other in real life, they don't go off on a tangent about their own personal things that leaves the listener out of the loop. They make such dry, funny remarks that I laugh out loud as I'm alone driving in the car. Look forward to it every week. Thank you, Fool for Maps. We appreciate you. Yes, thank you. Even though this week we kind of did go out, start off on our personal tangents. So hope you forgive us. <laughs> That's it for this week. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. You can subscribe and rate us anywhere you listen to your podcast and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.